Hey everybody, Brian Blackmore with Church Production Magazine here, and I want to ask you one very important question. Where does rigging safety rank in your production planning for your holiday events? As we enter the Christmas season and the Easter season shortly thereafter, churches are planning how to do those services and their pageants. If they're going to be doing large-scale set design and rigging, it's going to be around Christmas and Easter. So it's a timely topic. So joining us today is Eric Rouse, the Director of Rigging and Training with Entertainment Project Services based in Las Vegas. Eric, say hi to everybody today. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. And also Dennis Parker is the Production Warehouse Manager at Church of the Highlands based in Birmingham, Alabama. Say hi to everybody, Dennis. Hey, Brian. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome to you both. So, Dennis, tell us a little bit about the types of situations that you run into at Church of the Highlands and why you felt the need to call on Eric and a company like Entertainment Project Services. The main part was safety training. Um, like, we've got coworkers, or I've had interactions with coworkers who have limited experience uh, in training working safely at height and also working safely on the ground with people working above them. Um, for example, my first week on staff, I had a coworker who was replacing a light fixture out of a single man genie lift. And when he was at height replacing the fixture, he dropped it and it landed on the stage next to me. There was also another incident a short time later when a supervisor was up in the still in our main auditorium and dropped a tape measure. It fell all the way to the ground. And so I just felt like with situations like that happening often, that we needed some extra training. Yeah, th those 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 things will shake you up. Um, Absolutely. So, Eric, you mentioned something before we started the recording about how churches like Church of the Highlands tend to take staging and rigging seriously. That it's highly technical and requires a you know a certain level of expertise. Give us some examples, and then tell us why do some churches take rigging seriously and others don't. Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. I think one of the things that sets Church of the Highlands apart, and then when you're when you're dealing with with uh, churches of that size um, and of the the scope that they have, it's it's essentially, for lack of a better term, it's a it's a rock and roll production, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and it's and that's the staging quality and the 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 value that they're trying to get out of it. And when you have that kind of equipment. I think it's I, I think it's almost obvious, you know, that you need to have that kind of training, right? Because you have equipment that costs a lot of money, that weighs a lot, that's getting put up over people's heads. Um, and I think they they have some people on the staff that have been doing this for a while and understand the hazards that can come with that and understand how important it is to to have that background and have that knowledge. Um, now we see this a lot on the um, on the the purely entertainment side. Um, you know, in theaters and, and arenas across the country where sometimes in some places they don't place the same value on that knowledge that they do in others. And and really it just comes to not having a clear understanding of what some of the dangers are and what some of those hazards are. And I think that's really part of the challenge is sometimes, sometimes places just don't know what they don't know. And it's no fault of their own. It's just it's just the way that it's that it's been. So I think having some places, some churches um, do a little bit more research on what it is that they're using and starting to understand the hazards and understand what those those safety issues might be um, would be a big step in trying to trying to fill that gap. 
So, Eric, along that lines of thinking, um, a lot of churches will hire a professional integrator to design their main systems uh, in the, or their systems in their main rooms. And then those integrators go away and churches try to do everything from that point on by themselves. What are your thoughts on, on those situations? You know, untrained volunteers trying to do their own maintenance and maybe installing systems in secondary rooms, youth rooms, chapels, things like that. Um, what are your thoughts on those situations and how can a church get themselves in trouble if they if they continue to do that? Yeah, you know, first of all, I think the first thing to say is I absolutely respect them for for wanting to do that stuff, you know, taking the responsibility and, and doing it on their own. And and I think that's I think that's great. And, you know, it just shows a, a willingness to get the job done. And I, I think that's amazing um, where it kind of goes back to a little bit is, again, going back to the you don't know what you don't know. Um, um, kind of thing that I said. And if you have an integrator that comes in, maybe you watch them for a little bit in the main room, in the main sanctuary, and you kind of keep an eye on them, see what they're doing. And and you watch and you learn a few things. And then you try to implement what you've learned just by watching them and taking it to the other spaces. But what you don't have is the background that they had, right? You don't really have the really the understanding of why they're doing it the way they're doing. You're just kind of emulating, you know, like children do. We, they emulate the adults, right? But they don't understand why they're why they're walking funny or why they're doing what they're doing, you know? Um, so it's that same kind of thing. So what is what is missing then is that is that that bit of gap between I understand I'm taking this thing and I'm I'm putting it here, but why am I why am I using it in this configuration? And why does this part go here and this part goes here? And I think that's where sometimes the issues may lie. And I don't know if Dennis would agree with that, but I think that's probably the challenge a lot of times is just folks missing that gap. So they may use something in just just the wrong way because it looks the same, but it's just not. What do you think, Dennis? Yeah, I agree with that. I believe people start off with the best intentions and they want to do a good job. But if they don't know something and they think that they're doing it the right way, um, it could have bad consequences if yeah, it's, it's like, not done properly. Yeah, like the first time I tried to drive a truck with three on the tree instead of a stick shift, a regular stick shift, I knew I had to change gears. I just couldn't figure out how, you know, and I couldn't really get that truck going anywhere. So it's just it's just that gap. It's just you're missing part of it. So, Dennis, you mentioned uh, when we were talking before uh, before we started recording um, that one of the things that led you to call Eric and uh, Entertainment Project Services was uh, you were trying to figure out how to do rigging math. So tell us about that situation and what led you to uh, to reach out to Eric. Yeah, absolutely. I needed to get more exposure on how to calculate load points using rigging math. Um, so I was going to LDI that year at Las Vegas, so I registered for a rigging class while I was there. Um, Eric was the instructor of that class. I really enjoyed his style of teaching. I was able to comprehend and retain um, how he taught rigging math. And it was also important to me, his detailed focus on safety that I felt that we needed at Highlands. So after we got back to Birmingham, I contacted him soon afterwards and asked if he'd be willing to come to Birmingham and do a class for our production department. And um, ever since, we've had Eric back for two years straight doing continual educational training. So, but Dennis, could you tell us, like, what, what were you trying to calculate the loads on? What, what Can you tell us the situation you were trying to, uh, to figure out? Yeah, we, absolutely. We do a couple of stage swaps at diff, uh, different times a year where we change how our main sanctuary auditorium looks like. So it was just, we were changing the configuration on LED walls and we're just, you know, stuff like that is very important. Make sure you're not overloading each motor point. And so we just wanted to make sure that 
we were in compliance with what we were trying to do. So specifically, when, when you, uh, you went to the class at LDI and then you met Eric, what did you ask him you know, to come and help you out with? Yeah, specifically, just like we, we had different varying levels of experience with stage production and rigging. And like the first time we brought him out was just to do like a basic rigging class, how to calculate bridles, how to, you know, do basic rigging math, uh, do a little bit of fall protection, basically just working safe in the environment that we're in. Eric, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you found when you arrived and did the training with um, with Church of the Highlands. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, first thing I'll say is, is it was fun, you know, and, and that's something that I I try to instill in the classes and the group at, at Church of the Highlands made it real easy to have fun. They were very welcoming. And and that was great because, you know, sometimes when you bring someone like myself into your space, you know, sometimes you might, I don't know if intimidated is the right word, but get a little worried. You know, what are they going to see? What are they going to find? And so people sometimes are a little closed, but folks at Church of the Highlands and Dennis, they were they were more more than open about bringing me in and just just it was a lot of fun. Um so when when before the class, we actually had extensive conversations on the type of stuff they wanted. And a lot of the stuff that I ask is what type of equipment do you have? You know, what type of chain motors do you have? What kind of rigging do you do? Because every venue and every church is a little bit different. So not everyone has the same type of rigging in their in their church. So it's a matter of getting a good idea of what type of equipment they have, what they're really trying to get out of it, and then coming in with that mindset. And then once you get there and you see the reality of what you're in, you then have to you know, go off the cuff a little bit and just adapt the class to the space that you're in. And that's that's what we did. My intent uh, the first day was to just come in and start like I'd done every time. But I think we actually started talking more about their in-house gear right from the beginning because they just have so much equipment and, and they, you know, they really are stretched really wide in terms of all the stuff that they're using. So we really did start getting in fairly quickly into the trust that they use um, the types of chain motors they use, how they're doing their rigging. We started getting into a little bit on maintenance and things like that. So the the nature of their of their space, I'll just call the sanctuary that space for a second, um, really kind of dictated how the class started and kind of how it proceeded from there. I don't know if you had you felt it went that way, Dennis, or not, but that's how it went to me. It was very exciting, um, just not from me, but from other people in the class how quickly it took off and we were got into like a, a hands-on scenario with our gear. Yeah. And the, the other thing that was great is that people really jumped in because there were, there were some people that like, like Dennis had said, had been doing it for a while and some that were very new and the ones that were very new were really eager to learn and really eager to jump in and get their hands on stuff. So that was really, really encouraging and really helped make it a lot of fun. The more hands-on you can do with stuff, the better off you are. Dennis, tell us a little bit about um, what kind of changes and modifications, what came about as a re result of this training? The main things that we have changed since we've, you know, gone through the training is we've um, created a service program for our chain motors. Uh, we have each hoist serviced and certified load tested once a year. And I mean, before we really weren't having that done on a consistent basis where we weren't tracking um, the gear at each campus. Um, on a service schedule. Um, so now we're compliant with that. Um, another small thing, but important was the type of uh, span sets we were using to hold our trust. We were using synthetic nylon span sets and Eric brought to our attention that there's better options with steel span sets. Um, and, you know, in case something happens in a building, they're gonna hold up a lot more 
during distress than the, the other ones. Um, another issue was we used Tyler Truss and that we were hanging certain scenarios. We were hanging from the wrong cord and it devalued um, how much weight the truss could hold. So he just, it was minor things from the outside looking in, but internally we thought they were very big things. And I think one of the one of the things that we've talked about before, Dennis, also was one of the effects was changing a little bit how you guys looked at fall protection and, and that kind of safety stuff, right? Absolutely. Like we've gone and made our main auditorium where we do a lot of our, you know, arena style rigging. Um, we've made it a lot safer for the technicians that are in the ceiling doing the work. Well, Brian, I want to say, first of all, thank you for, for doing this. And Dennis, thanks for being a part of this. And I'd like to mention, you know, if, if there are any churches or any folks out there that are listening to this that, that think that some of this might apply um, to what they're doing, we'd love to talk to them about it. Um, you know, besides the training uh, that we do, which I, again, love doing, we also do inspections and maintenance for, for technical equipment and things like that. So we would love for folks to reach out to us uh, about any of those issues. We'd love to help if we can. Well, thank you, Eric. Folks, we've been discussing rigging safety and the importance of getting a consultant involved, um, especially in light of the upcoming Christmas and uh, Easter seasons. So our guests today have been Eric Rouse. Uh, he's the director of rigging and training with EPS, Entertainment Project Services, based in Las Vegas. EPS focuses on staging and rigging project management, rigging and inspections, rigor training, including church techs, as well as mechanical design. And we've also been talking with Dennis Parker. He's one of the production managers at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. My name is Brian Blackmore with Church Production Magazine. Thank you so much for watching today.